And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia, and this is The Rika Show, where we talk about technology. Sometimes things get a little wild and wacky. We'll see. Today's topic could be kind of boring or it could be kind of fun. We don't know. It will really all depend on where our little brains take us. So as we have been working through client projects and learning different new technologies to implement uh, the right kinds of technologies for the right kinds of projects at the right times, we have found that there is an epidemic happening and it is scary and on the order of zombies eating your brain. And it is a lack of documentation. (laughs) All right. Halloween's in the air. All right. I told you it might be kind of boring, but we really do think that this is a, this is a discussion worth having because for some unknown reason, people have like documentation's gone the way of the dodo. And why is that? Is that because programming has gotten so intuitive that you just know exactly how you would use XYZ random framework, library, plugin, whatever, and they won't need documentation. It's so obvious. That's what they think. But that's not true, right? No. Yeah. So we're talking today about what is documentation in case you've forgotten. When do you need it in case you've forgotten? How does it work? And in case you've forgotten. In case you've forgotten. And why it's so important. Because obviously you've forgotten. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So take it away. Well, the, to me, the inverse of, of why you should, or not the inverse, the, the reason why you should is what I feel like we experienced at MX Logic. Mm. Um, I mean, they had a dedicated dedicated tech writer and she was really good. And they... Uh, to, to my recollection, they had really good documentation. I mean, really good documentation. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and they sold for a nice multiple in the middle of a giant recession. So yeah, I'm not saying that that was because only because they had great documentation. There <laughs> for were other our entrepreneurs reasons. out there. Documentation means bigger money, right? <laughs> Maybe that's WeWork's problem. They don't have enough documentation Maybe on they their don't. tech. Yeah. <laughs> So when we say documentation, what are we talking about? Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, we got all kinds of layers there and MX Logic, you're right, was good at, at, at many layers of that. You've got stuff that what we'd call user documentation. Um, and I don't even think that's part of this conversation so much because faces that that's what the world faces. But in the implementation of something, there's even several layers. There's API documentation or which normally we think of as just being the HTTP restful type calls, but API doc would also in my mind would include SDKs, libraries and things like that. Here's, you know, if you use this module, then you've got this object that's this class and here's the methods and the properties. And so there's documentation that's that out there that's not complete or not uh, thorough, but there's also stuff, a lot of stuff out there that's just, in incomplete documentation where they they'll give they'll show you an example of using one of the main functions and they'll show a couple of options in their example as part of the options that you need to set but you can't find out where what all the options are without delving into the source code 
mm-hmm. and finding out what they do. And that happens all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just, that's completely, you completely did not do the job. Yeah. Because if I sold you a car, but there were a bunch of buttons in there and you had no idea what they did, unless you took them to a mechanic and got under, you know, underneath and to figure that's, that's like incomplete. I yeah. mean, that's really not doing the job and that happens a lot. And then there's a ton of, you know, we'll sort of describe to you what this does, but we won't give you, there used to be real documentation where, like I was describing of everything that you can access here it is. And here's what it may or may not be set to. There were syntaxes, right? What, right. The, what the heck is that? BNF. Yeah. And, and forms of BNF. If you go look, look up database documentation on Oracle or Postgres or something, you will see syntax diagrams that describe to you everything you can put in every open slot and what the options are and what they mean. Yeah. But you can't find that for SDKs. You can't find that for HTTP APIs. Yeah. Why has the software world just gotten really lazy? Like why? I mean, because I remember in the early, early days when I was programming, everything was extremely well documented. Is that so is this a function of software developers are lazy or is this a function of how fast technology is moving that nothing is really stable for long enough to write a document about it? I I think I think it's a little bit of both. and, And a big part of it is open source. Mm. You know, I'm going to be the the guy here that goes out on a limb and blames open source, even though I'm a big <laughs> proponent of it. Um, I've heard time and time again in open source, we don't, you know, it, this is open source. If you want documentation, go write it. And I always push back hard and say, uh, you know, this product better than anybody else because you wrote it. Uh, you have to at least start the documentation. Right. And the proof in the pudding to me is PHP. Yeah. PHP always had fantastic documentation for almost from the beginning. And I feel like that was one of the reasons for its success because you could just go to php.net 20 years ago and look at the documentation. It would tell you, like Grant said about Postgres or Oracle, exactly what you needed to put where they had some comments on the bottom. Some of them not very good, but some of them really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, And so I think in answer to your question, in the last 20 years, 25 years, we've had this massive growth of open source software because prior to that, most of the software was proprietary and the the proprietary companies could afford a dedicated tech writer. That's right. another piece of it, right, right? Is dedicated tech writers are expensive. Open source doesn't have the funds to put into that. So, and they sit around waiting on someone to huh. volunteer their time to write the documentation. And part of the, the, that part about the speed of change to me is, is not maybe what, what we normally think of in there. It's, it's that if I've written an API or I've put out a package, you know, a node package or something, and here's what it does. Well, as soon as I document it, I have sort of doubled my maintenance responsibility. Mm. And a lot of time in open source, I think, and, you know, homegrown software, you're changing the software itself so fast that you're like, it's sort of like tests. Okay. You know, I can change code if I'm doing, if I'm doing all unit test type environment, then now I have that to maintain as well. And as soon as I say, I'm going to document this, as soon as I start that, well, now I've added another burden. And in, in my mind, at least subconsciously, it means that all maintenance to that code is going to be that much more work. Huh. And, um, which comes back to the, maybe lazy isn't the right word, but 
a document, it's not easy, right? I mean, it's not easy to document something and do it well. I think, well, I I think we all need, um, most organizations, most teams need to realize that, you know, investing a little bit of time up front, you know, PHP, we had Doxygen and we had PHP Documenter and a few, and every language, almost every language has tools. And, you know, we're talking about those different layers of documentation. There's, there's user doc for a, a, an application way out at this level. There's user doc for an API. I'm a user when I, when I call somebody's API to do stuff. Right. Um, and so that's where we get into the, every time I, the API, the, every time the API changes, I have to change the documentation. Then there's documentation inside code. That's where it's really missing. Got it. Now, when you download people's stuff and you're trying to use it or you're trying to learn from it, and you, there's nothing in there. That to me is laziness slash arrogance. Right. It's almost like I like it being a mystery. Oh. Except that what they never recognize is they're also making it a mystery to themselves. What I always say is huh. if you you write this, now put yourself in your shoes six months from now and reading that. Mm. Are you going to be able to read what you just wrote? Yeah. If are not, you remember then you those either need nuances? to refactor it or document it. Yeah. Or both, ideally. Interesting. Interesting. So does it require a tech writer or some third party in order to make this happen correctly? Are are developers, you know, the people who are doing the core of the work and writing the code, are they capable and should they be the ones on the hook for documenting it appropriately? At first, I think so. At Mm -hmm. first, I think, especially open source, they have no choice. Yeah. They have no one else. That they have no choice, but also there's some benefit that I don't think they recognize, which is when I'm documenting something, almost always that helps me identify. It's almost another test. Mm-hmm. It helps me identify a bug. I was that it. That's another thing that kind of is a barrier to somebody documenting his own stuff because as soon as I put right here what this thing returns under every possible condition, it if it better, doesn't, yeah, it's a bug. <laughs> Whereas. If I don't put it on paper and it's an edge case, uh, it's an edge case. Yeah, exactly. You, you did something a little unusual there, but that's a, that's a contract. That's a commitment. Huh. And that's the way it always works for me too. And one thing that sometimes kind of like ma- makes me pause a little bit before documenting API stuff is like, okay, now that I'm showing example payloads and responses to this call, I better test, I better try out some of those edge cases and see what happens. Oh, and then I encounter some things where I really need to go change this. I need to go change the code. So documenting it actually drives coding. I mean, in a way, test-driven development was a big thing. Write the test, then write the code to to beat the test. Almost documentation-driven development would have been Hmm. another idea. Like write the document, then write the test, then write the code. Imagine how clear it might be in your mind if you did that. Yeah. You know, by the time you get to actually writing the code, you really understand. You don't have to make decisions anymore. Right. That's that's the hard part about programming is it's just an endless stream of decisions that you're making as you're implementing stuff of how should I do this? What's the best way to do this in light of so many factors that you're trying to keep in mind? Yeah. And yeah, so when you when you force yourself to put it down in black and white on how this thing is going to work, your mind is going to start throwing in the what ifs, what mm-hmm. if, what if, what happens if they don't have a, a record already when this comes in? What happens if, and so that forces you to flesh all that out before you are actually editing a source file. Mm-hmm. 
And you've got notes in your documentation that say if, you know, if this record doesn't exist or if, you know, this user got deleted or here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And you, you know, you're telling yourself a story and then you can just go make it happen. Yeah. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. We so, should try that. We have to pause so we can go change what <laughs> yeah, we Yeah, we got we to go redo a 25 years worth of code. Because um, <laughs> let me just... Full transparency. I'm probably, I, I don't write open source software. Um, so I, you know, I don't fall into this group of people who really need to be doing this, but I think probably the amount of documentation I've really written that we're talking about, very, very little. Yeah, we're career. all guilty of it. Yeah, everybody's guilty. So we're not pointing fingers at anyone. If you're sitting in your car or at your desk or whatever, and you're thinking, oh my God, they're like calling me out. We're calling ourselves out too. Yeah. Um, so let's talk for a minute. Let's talk about how, what does good documentation look like? So we've talked about PHP where they have php.net and it's very, very simple to figure out what you're trying to do in PHP because there's almost always a method or, and it's really easy to find. The documentation is really, really good. Yeah. Stripe is another example. Yeah. I would say implementing their API, we went from zero payment structure in a client in a client project to full subscription one-time payment like full payment abilities on multiple levels in less than three days yeah that is amazing and it's because their documentation is amazing and that's a that's a daunting i mean taking someone's money their credit card that's that is a huge i mean there's so much risk and there's so much like if we get it wrong it can go so badly and because you're talking about money. I mean, that, you know. Money, money, money. So but, let's contrast that okay. with another payment provider that has a crap ton of documentation and all of it sucks. Yeah. Which is PayPal. Yeah. We spent this, we spent the same amount of time trying to implement. Pointing. Well, we are going to do some <laughs> finger pointing. We spent the same amount of time trying to implement anything, to get anything working in PayPal for the same client. And it took where, where Stripe took a couple days, we were six weeks into the PayPal stuff and it still didn't, didn't work correctly. I mean, we still ended up, they had to buy a support contract with PayPal to figure out what the heck was going on. Oh, that's right. And so they, they both have a lot of documentation. I mean, PayPal documents everything in their API. It's all out there. You can't freaking understand what the hell they're saying. Yeah. So quality is is way more important than quantity, but it's probably both, right? Mm, yeah. What are what are some other examples of either either places where you've seen it done really well or places you've seen it not done well? Well, one thing I hate is the documentation that ha- makes you feel like you chased a circle to land on the page you started on. Yes. Where oh my gosh, you're that, so right. It's that very formalized documentation, like at a Java doc, JDoc. Yep. yep. And. You get all these, I do like that I can find methods and properties of things and get a a fixed definition of them, but then it seems like every link that is going to give you more information just takes you you to another You end up back at that page you were just on. And and you can't find what you're really looking for to describe what does this thing do? Yeah. And I'm just chasing these, you know, single word links, method name to this object, to that method, to that I would, you know, when you say quality over quantity, it's, um, it's like, I was thinking that even informal, 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 that's, that's impossible. 
informal documentation that's very descriptively thorough, not flowery, right? but it manages to hit a bunch of different variations or variables in your mind of when I'm using this, how is this working? What's, contr- what's controlling how this works? And yeah. they really describe to you. And sometimes if they can relate it to the real world a little bit, um, yeah, some of those things, I, I mean, I kind of touched on generating documentation and that made me think of something else, but it's, you know, that's good for like APIs. Right. Um, when you document within the source code in a particular format, these documentation generators can generate some really nice stuff, but it does tend to generate that formal stuff where it's a, it's a syntax diagram right? and they don't, nobody goes in, you know, like on Postgres, it's like, I'll tell you what every one of those slots is. And then I'll give you this nice big paragraph. Yeah. That explains it's just the formal Javadoc was always really good about the formal, but it didn't add that color commentary. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, sometimes, cause sometimes an option to me looks like, oh, that's a really great, I should try that. And then I'll see the paragraph where it says performance degradation, blah, blah, blah. This should only be you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll kind of ignore that option. Yeah. But otherwise I would just see what it does and go, Hey, this is cool. Let me use it. Well, and that's the thing about Stripe's documentation that I love is they have sort of that formal, probably somewhat auto-gened of what mm-hmm. those ob- each input object and what what's coming out objects look like. Then they have the descriptors and they're saying, okay, for example, you would use this in this kind of scenario or this kind of scenario. And then right next to it, they have a window that has tabs for different types of languages. So they have a PHP tab and they have a Ruby tab and they have a Java tab and they have a Python tab that shows exactly how you would implement it in the various languages. And it's like, that's complete. Yeah. That not only tells me what it is, what are my inputs and outputs? What can I expect this thing to be useful in what context? It shows you how to use it. Right. It's the examples. And that brings up another, um, some sites, systems, whatever, have a try me button Mm. or a demo button where, you know, jQuery does that. I think a lot. Native script has that too. They have their playground where you can like, that's becoming really popular amongst a lot of languages. But yeah, when, when, yeah, it's right there and it opens, you know, you've got a little editor window that shows their sample code and here's the little window that shows the results. You can actually go in there and change a couple things and, Run me, run me, run me. I think the W3 Schools website does that too with all like the Mm -hmm. CSS syntax and HTML syntax and JavaScript and stuff where, you know, it shows you what it is and then you click on it and it opens it in a new window and you make changes in the little editor and run it in the other side. Even the Mozilla Developer Network is doing that. Even Stack Overflow. Yeah. You know, they're putting, when someone posts an example, the snippets and you can execute that snippet right there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in, a, in, a, in an API or, you know, in any system that you're documenting, if you can, more, more of those is better. Yeah. Um, and most of the time you're dealing with, there's just pretty much nothing. Yeah. You know, go to GitHub, go to, go into those, all look at those node packages. And so many are, how to install NPM install dash G, this my package. Well, okay. Okay. How do I use globally. it? Now, yeah. How do I use it now? And, they, they, and you there's know, nothing. They show Crickets. one example or two examples and it's a library of, you know, all kinds of stuff. And yeah. Like and you have no idea examples. what's in there. Right. We see that a lot with the native script plugins. Yeah. A lot of the native, it's like, it's yeah, on whether, whether they don't really understand themselves exactly what might be 
possible. And so they're like, we really only designed it for this one thing. But then you look at the size of the package that you're installing and you're like, this is enormous for one thing, for yeah, just I could being really push notifications. Formal syntax docs on for those because, you know, if I'm looking at the rad list view, just show me what all the <laughs> attributes are that are valid there. There's no list like that. There's yeah. no list that with, for, for particular that I can see yeah. in their documentation where if you're looking at a particular tag, show me what all the attributes are, what they do, what methods, you know, how no. do I connect? Yeah, the you have to kind of suss it out from yeah. numerous pages. And again, the native script documentation is one of those where you're, it it almost looks like it's organized sort of the way that Java used to, mm-hmm. like with all the you know methods and properties and events. But when you click on it, it's like there's nothing, nothing else there. there. Yeah, and they 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 requ- almost require you in some cases to look at the hierarchy of an object. To understand really what's available and the one that you're looking at yeah. based on where it came from. And it's like, if I'm looking at this, I shouldn't have to go back through six levels of hierarchy and look at all of the right. parents and grandparents, et cetera, et cetera, to figure out what the hell I have available to me here. And that made me think of something. So NativeScript is a Telerik. The company is Telerik. They're based in Eastern Europe somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where. Yeah, I imagine that factors into this. There's a lot of, especially open source products, projects out there that are developed by people in Europe, people in other non-American, non-English speaking. speaking. And I imagine there's a certain, (laughs) (laughs) there's a certain (laughs) attribute of that where they're, they're hesitant to write the documentation because they're like, I'm not a native English speaker. I don't want to make a fool of myself to which I would apply. I don't care. I would rather read your broken English. Yeah. And you describing this product because then it also encourages the community to come together and go, Okay, well, hey, let's do, let's, you know, yeah. unbreak that English and also yeah. let's do a French version and let's exactly. do a Japanese version, whatever. Exactly. Um, but just starting that is so important. And I, I think way too many of these open source projects won't even start. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, uh, this was more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Um. <laughs> I find it ironic that the big thing these days is testing. Everybody is, oh, we got to have 100% code coverage nobody talks about documentation and and I would argue that it's so, every bit as important if, if 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 we haven't determined maybe even more important so are we yeah, saying just that pass a test doesn't tell me how I can use it okay yeah. so 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 good tests good code coverage and with unit testing and integration testing still is not sufficient to tell you how you would use something or how its implementation works no okay not at all because I wonder if people went to this idea of, you know, 100% code coverage because they were thinking that it w- might solve some of the documentation problem too. Could be. Like, yeah. It, and, I think we've proven that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because I know we've used some open source packages and, and various things that have good, good test coverage. You can mm-hmm. see all the tests in there. Still doesn't help you understand how the hell you would use it. Yeah. So. All right, cool. Uh, any last words of wisdom for our community about documentation get to writing just do it yeah exactly yeah even if you think you don't need to or you think it's not important or you think you're not the guy be the guy i'll say one last thing about that though i found that when um in certain places depending on the work i was doing how do i put this there was pride in it Mm. it was it was sort of a aware it was like accepting the trophy for winning the race Mm -hmm. i did all the work I'm happy with the work and now documenting it is sort of like 
it's sort of like putting a recipe that you invented, putting it down on paper to give to somebody. How uh, you know, you're proud of what you created. Yeah. You're proud of what you did. And, and you want other people to be able to use it and use yeah. it well and be, and, and it make their lives easier. You want, you want to give out a representation of that, a physical representation, a visual representation other people can look at and see what you did. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. A, that adds a level of professionalism and polish to your product. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. You know, to me, when I come into a project and they have really good doc documentation, you know, it makes you want to use it, it more. It makes me want to use it more. It, it it improves my impression of the developers, of the yeah. project in general. Yeah. You feel you know. easier about the whole situation. Yeah. A little less anxious, a little less tense because you're like, wow, it looks like they thought some things through. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times have we gone in and we've seen these packages, there's no documentation, this NPM install blah, and then you're done. And we've, we've been like, I don't have time to go figure this out. I'm done. Yeah. And we, we walk away. And you that could have been the on. perfect package for us. It would have right. solved all of our problems. Right. That's oh, what she said. That's what she said. But you know, <laughs> we walked away. Sorry. I couldn't resist. I mean, let your light shine, right? Yeah. This little light don't hide, of mine. Don't let your, hide your light under a bushel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. So if you're out there, you're making software, uh, you're intending other people to use it. If you're building software only for yourself, you can do whatever the hell you want. But if you're intending even one other person to use it, certainly if you're putting it out there for people to use in an open source way or even more to you, if you're wanting people to buy something and use it from you, mm -hmm. document it, document, document, document. It is, this is not optional. This is required. Learn a little English. GitHub and okay. Bitbucket both have that wiki tab for a reason. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. So, all right, you guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this has been Grant, Parks, Daryl, Brogdon, and Cynthia Delaria on The Rika Show. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time.